James. Hey, Duncan. How are you, dude? Good, thank you. Happy Easter. Good Friday. <laughs> Bad Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's morning. We're doing it. Well, first one at 7 a.m. Um, I'm still in my pajamas. Um, anyways, welcome to Cloud Streaks, which is a podcast where James and I talk about a topic. And today's topic is cancel culture, helpful or harmful. Um, and we're going to try to get into definitions and then probably not agree upon definitions and then have a conversation that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I hope it's fun. Um, all right, James, should we cancel cancel culture? Well, I'm open to uh, having my mind changed, but I'm going to say yes. Two wrongs don't make a right. There we uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. um, so you don't fight lies with lies, you fight lies with truth. And you don't fight intolerance with intolerance, you fight intolerance with tolerance. Um, and I've got this new version. So James um, suggested, because um, I was thinking about another podcast, that maybe it should be called, instead of Dunning-Kruger, Duncan-Kruger. Um, and so I've got another version of Duncan-Kruger now, which is you should try to understand your knowledge levels in an area. And I like Dreyfus taxonomy, novice, competent, proficient, expert, master. And then you should have confidence requisite to your knowledge levels. So if you're a novice, you should have low confidence levels. And if you're a master, you should have high confidence levels. Um, and so on the concept of free speech and the free speech laws, where would you rate yourself on the Dunning-Kruger thing? Or So Duncan-Kruger is trying to acknowledge your knowledge levels and then have a requisite amount of confidence based on those knowledge levels. So effectively, there are cognitive biases like confirmation bias. And to try to not be biased, you need to know the biases and then you need to try to counter for them. And so to try to not be a, a victim of cognitive, um, so confirmation bias, you have to have anti-confirmation bias. To try to not be a victim of Dunning-Kruger, you need to have Duncan-Kruger. <laughs> and Duncan-Kruger <laughs> trying to say, well, what levels of knowledge do you have about an area? And then trying to calibrate your confidence based on those levels. So what level of confidence do you think or knowledge do you think you have about the free speech laws? Well, I can see you've given this a lot of thought, Duncan. So. <laughs> well, it's a good thing. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can't talk about something because the way to go from novice to, to competent to proficient is normally to talk about it and to read about it. Mm. Just because you're a novice in something doesn't mean you can talk about it or you can put forward initial thoughts. Yeah. For, and it can be healthy. But to have high confidence as a novice is probably the committing Dunning-Kruger, you know, right. and, uh, you know, not, not great. Well, I would, I would say I am supremely confident that I am <laughs> somewhere between completely ignorant and novice. Okay. So, so how would you rate your confidence levels in, also your knowledge levels, and and therefore your confidence levels um, in the free speech laws? So I would say I'm supremely confident that my knowledge is somewhere between ignorant and novice. <laughs> so there's a level below novice called ignorant. <laughs> that's good. I like that. Yeah, that, that, that's the start of my Duncan Kruger journey on the topic of free speech and what we think amounts to what we're seeing today in woke culture. Yeah, and so I, I would say maybe I'm yeah novice, um, and I, I think a lot more than what I used to be, um, and I suppose. On you know face value, sometimes the free speech laws seem like they don't make sense. Like at least that's what I thought. It's like you can't just say whatever you want, but the so free speech law doesn't mean you can necessarily say everything. And so there's a system. It's called the laws and the judiciary and fair process. 
And so if you're like Alex Jones and you say big lies about, you know, Sandy Hook, then the, the law can be prosecuted against you and you get, like, I think he's more than a billion dollars of fines or being sued or whatever now. Um, but it takes a long time. <laughs> um, the problem, however, is well, if you, can you take the law into your own hands? Can you have public leachings? No, you can't take the law into your own hands. That is lawlessness and then you have chaos and things breaking down. Um, that doesn't actually mean the laws are perfect. I think they, they're never perfect. Um, but for instance, making it so that, you know, we don't have the ability to say things is normally a part of totalitarianism. 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 So anyways, um, to me, um, if you sort of try to get into some definitions and then we're probably going to have to update them through this um, one thing that I think is important, so Karl Popper, closed societies versus open societies. Closed societies, the laws are fixed. So they're like from the Bible or the Quran or from the king. And open societies, the laws are open to change and they update over time. And so if the future is different to today in ways we cannot predict, which is generally accepted, therefore the laws today, even if they were perfect today, which I'd say I probably agree with 90 something percent of the laws today, um, that you know they can't be perfect in the future so we need to update those laws right and one of the core ways for this is to be able to have free speech um so you can update the views that people have um and so to me that is why most or many people refer to free speech as the bedrock of democracy um because that's how you update the laws and how do you update the laws where well, you have a political system a democratic system where you vote for people um, and those people, you know, representative democracy, one of their jobs is to update the laws. Um, and if you don't have free speech, you can't have updating views and you can't have updating laws. And as such, you have laws that are not helpful, they're harmful. And then you have society that starts to break. And so it's like, ah, okay. So we're, we're not talking about necessarily what the laws should be. We're talking about the fact that the laws need to be able to update. And if they can't, you have a society that won't function well. And so this, I think, is important. And it's not saying that if someone can say something you don't agree with and that may make you very unhappy but that doesn't necessarily mean society's not working well um and they shouldn't be necessarily silenced or in the modern term cancelled so um i think yeah this there's a lot there's a lot here to try and make sense of <laughs> and where, where i think it helps all the answers <laughs> there are definitive <laughs> answers black and white <laughs> the possible well, knowledge yeah well i think what pulled me up a lot on this entire um, concept of cancel culture, um, work ideology, um, and the stifling of free speech and what is free speech, is that I found it difficult to know where we were talking on the spectrum of what is acceptable, not acceptable, mm. um, or what is helpful and what is harmful. So this idea of, well, where does this all kind of like start on the notion of, well, you've got open societies and closed societies. You've got democratic systems, you've got autocratic systems. Um, and one of the things that really helped me kind of like put a framework around that is, well, the idea of truth. And what I mean by truth is not what is like um, necessarily the right thing, but what can you, you know, what, what can be seen as reliably produced or reproducible based on a set of inputs. So you've got hard truths like two plus two equals four. Let's disagree mathematics is a thing for a second. <laughs> You've got empirical truths like, well, you know, this this medicine can cure this disease. But then you've got soft truths, which is, well, the the best way to operate a society is to be an open and free democratic society, right? So that that is a 
truth in the way that, well, we believe that, but there are other ways that you can believe that. So what is the, what is the foundational element of a good and prosperous society? Well, we believe that that is a democratic system, one where you have the ability to implement new laws through a democratic process. And so for me, what I think is really important is the first part of this entire discussion is what is the truth when it comes to a good, prosperous society? And then what is the truth when it comes to the way in which you operate that, the, the what and the how? Mm. Um, and so I think it's really interesting because when I've been listening, and we can go into the whole idea around cancer culture and woke culture, I've been only thinking at the top level, which is this is how you should function a free and democratic society. And that's where I think I got um, a lot of things missed because a lot of the belief sets are not necessarily fixed at this level, but it goes all the way down to the, the foundational level as well. And we can talk about the house and the wrecking ball, which I think is a really good <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, so one way that I look at it, um, so you have the issues you care about. So let's say you care about climate change. Then you have your strategy to make a difference in that. So level one, the issue, level two, the strategy to make a difference. And then level three, how you interact with others to try to update their views to either hopefully get on board with your strategy to improve, as an example, or to update your views. And to me, I think cancel culture is kind of in the last one, the strategy that you update. Mm. And so you can either try, so I think the two questions that I think represent a good you know, conversation, what did I learn? And do I want to talk with that person again? And you want both of those to be yes. Um, and so to me, this is not trying to have others be updating their views. You're not walking in like, I'm interested to learn. I think I've got hopefully a good issue, climate change, and I've got a good strategy to improve on it, you know, renewables or whatever, right? Um, and I'm going to try to talk to others to see if I can help them update their views to maybe align with mine or, or if they can help me see something that I'm missing, maybe I should update my views, right? And so that's the last part, which I think is crucially important to a well-functioning society. And cancel culture is not trying to help others update to me their views. It is censoring their views or it is coercion to have their views be the same. So if somebody comes and says, no, actually, we should, you know, burn carbon, you know, and that's cheaper fuel. And that's actually going to mean, you know, we lower population growth and lower population means less carbon. And so actually, while more carbon this year, if you look over the carbon budget that we have to get neutral, we'll have less carbon by 2050. And that's a sort of nuanced argument, right? Which I think perhaps has some validity. But if you think that a good way for this is to cancel their ability to go and speak at a university so that their voice isn't in, I think that's not helpful for society. And I think a better one would be to try to listen to them to see if there are any points that they have, which you might consider, oh, actually, that updates my view. And to try to put out there ways that they might update their view. And so you want a free, you know, a, a lots of opinions about different things and we're getting to a point where you have to say whatever their point is, which is forced speech, or be silent, right? And if you say anything different, that's the end of your career. Like, you know, you're not working anymore or whatever else it is. Um, and to me, this lowers our ability to update our views, which is crucially important towards having a society. Because like, there's like, the, we'll just say, focus on the laws level. There are healthy laws and harmful laws, right? Um, and we need to be constantly updating them. Um, and if we can't have the ability to do that, we have a system that is more and more broken or less and less helpful. Um, and I think it's crucial that we allow a diverse set of opinions. They want, you know, work people want diversity everywhere except opinions. And that that is the bedrock of a found a democracy. 
And we're, I think, going backwards in this crucial area. Um, and that is really possibly bad for the future of society. So, like, so this is where I think we're in a bit of a Duncan Kruger bubble. <laughs> in, in the sense that everything that you've just said makes complete sense, right? You know, an open and free society, like, depends a lot on the ability for us to have open discourse and a, um, you know, an arena of ideas where we can kind of like let them uh, have their time so that we can figure out what the best idea is for us to be able to develop those new laws and be able to progress as a society. I don't think there's any um, contentiousness around those concepts. But if we were to introduce person A or whatever you would like to call him, her, they, into the conversation who believes that cancel culture is actually a force for good yeah would we be talking to this person on those points or is this going over their head right so did you have something there you wanted to no if you i was please talk to you if you're done or i, I could talk quickly if you want so well, um, one of the goals for me um is that i think for instance um you know, good intentions don't lead to good outcomes necessarily and you can agree with somebody's issue like climate change is important right and you can agree that we should do more renewables for this right um but you don't necessarily need to agree with the way they go about that so that's the third level and that isn't disagreeing with the issue and so i'm trying to think i think that many of the issues that people have i think almost all people they, they have good intentions with their issue that doesn't mean that you think that sometimes the issue is actually you know insidious like it looks like an upgrade but it's a downgrade right um and so to me I think we need to find a way to push back on cancel culture because I think that someone speaking at a university, as an example, with something that you don't agree with an opinion, like for instance, I don't know, we should increase immigration, we should decrease immigration. Let's say you're for increasing immigration and someone's saying we should decrease it. I think a number of people now think it's a very good response to go and protest to the point where they shut something down. So you can have protests to put a different point of view out there, not protest to silence speech. Mm. Um, and so that I think is very unhealthy. And so I'm trying to work up a way to push back on cancel culture in a positive some way, in a tolerant way, right? Which means that yes, your viewpoint that is say increasing immigration should be heard. And that is healthy and allowed, just like there should be. And you are also allowed and should try to see if you can update their point of view to yours, but you should also see perhaps why you should update yours. And so to me, I think we need to find a way to push back on cancel culture. This is not to say that I don't agree with your issue. I don't necessarily agree with your strategy. I might agree with both. But if I agree, don't, I might not agree with the way that you're going about trying to have others either get on board with this, you know, or to change your mind. So to me, I think cancel culture as an idea is net negative to society. And it has risen in, risen in prevalence massively. Like look at what happened at Stanford University with them canceling that person speaking recently. And that if you don't agree that this is helping, that you can do nothing, you know, but all that matters for people to try out is for people to sit around and do nothing, or you can try to find a way to push back or to change the tide if you want to use that terminology. And so hmm. I think we need to try to have people that are wanting to be part of society, that are wanting to make an active change, but that are doing it in a positive some way or not forcing speech, you know, you know control. You must say what this is or you must be silent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so to me, that's the key thing I think this is about is 
well, is cancer culture helpful or not? And I think the answer is no. Okay, if no, how can we try to change the tide there? Yeah, so let's, let's talk about that because, like, first of all, I don't, if we haven't uh, defined it, cancer culture, let's just say, is the practice of publicly shaming or boycotting individuals who have expressed opinions or engaged in behaviours deemed offensive or controversial, right? That's one. I'll add to that. It's also not even allowing people to speak. So mm. they're cancelling their right to be able to go and talk or whatever. So they might have said something that, that someone doesn't agree with. So then they go and try to cancel them. So they're like, you know, no longer, they lose their job. Or it's cancelling the ability for that opinion to even be said before it's happened. So there are many components, I suppose, to it. But yeah, I'd add that to your definition. Okay. So there's, 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 let's just say that there's three levels to a functioning society. There is the foundational level, which is basically, um, you know, what you would call modernity. So it's based on reason, science, um, and a democratic system. Then there's the application of that society, which is one of the core pillars of that would be free speech. And then there is at the very top, like the rules and norms and how in which you operate that. So what I'm trying to get at here is I don't think that just talking to, like, I believe that there isn't one type of cancer, cancel culturist person, right? They do operate up and down the spectrum. There are people at the very top who just don't like what you have to say, but they agree with free speech. But there are also people, and I probably put the majority of them to say that a lot of cancer culturalist people actually think that free speech is wrong. They think that is the, what is it, a postmodern um, tool used to oppress and exert power over others. So when we're talking about like open discussion and exploration of ideas is important for us to be able to um, progress society, like I 100% agree with that. And I don't see, I can't, I can't fault it, but I think it's because you and I think free speech is a given, right? We already accept that. We don't that. understand what free speech actually is. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But we're already at this level where we accept that as a, as a truth, right? I, for me, free speech is a truth for a free and functioning society. But I don't think okay. that's, that's true what for everyone. It? That's a very strong way of putting things. But anyway, so keep going, yeah. Right. Well, um, like personally, right. But um, okay. So like, there's, there's the nuance in the free speech laws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but yeah. Okay. So let's start with what is free speech. So that's the right to express one's opinions or ideas with, without censorship, restraint, or repercussions from the government or authoritative people. Right. So I think that by being able to, you know, have a world in which you can share your ideas freely, as controversial as they may be is the right way forward to allow for whatever, um, you know, the most constructive way of operating a democratic society to emerge from that. But I think that when we're talking about cancel culture, they don't agree with that. Yeah, so the main, I think, premise or the, 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 that I am trying to concentrate on for this one is, you know, okay, is cancel culture good or not? And I think, I don't think it is. And, and, and then if it isn't, how do we try to push back in a positive some way that people will, you know, listen? So you try to, you know, exhibit the behavior you would hope others to do. <laughs> and so, so as an example, like, let's just take immigration. Um, you can say that society could be better with more immigration. You could say society could be worse with more immigration, right? But I think a, a cancel culture tactic is to say, well, if you think 
that we should have less immigration, you're racist. So they, they code it in something that you can't come back from. And so you have to either agree or you're a racist, right? So this is the standard sort of thing in this stuff. And so to me, like as an example, I think that, you know, some immigration is good, but like not all immigration is equal. And so for instance, if we were to allow into Australia, like so Australia has about 26 million people population, 26 million people in the next year, we would break everything. There would be chaos, none of the systems would work, right? We literally can't double the population year on year and have society stand up. We'd have, you know, starvation, anarchy, no food, etc. So there is a level of immigration where it would break everything. But if you're a bigger country like, I don't know, America, you know, that's more like, you know, less than 10%, not 100% improvement, um, or it's an improvement, increase. And so to me, um, what I'm trying to get at here is that I think there's many layers to cancel culture. It is after someone said something, you know, you, which you don't agree with, you then decide to brand them a racist or something and that they then need to be sort of gone, right? But then you even can stop people from having a discussion because you have made it so that one view is good and the other view is evil. <laughs> Not that there can be multiple, you know, reasonable people can have different opinions. Um, and that, for instance, someone coming to speak with an opinion that you don't necessarily agree with must be stopped from speaking. Um, and so to me, I think we need to have a different ideas. You want, you know, ideally the base set of facts um, and false facts like the election was, you know, um, stolen uh, can be as bad as missing facts. Like, I don't know, um, that vaccines aren't necessarily going as well as they would like. Um, and then on top of those facts, you want diverse opinions about what to do. So, for instance, should we have lockdown? Should we not have lockdown? Should we increase immigration? Should we decrease immigration? Should we, you know, whatever else it is, right? Um, and so, to me, knowing that I think the future is different today, and have you changed your mind on things? Like, I, I really hope so. <laughs> you know, um, society's gone from, you can't have, you know, intersect marriages, like you can't have a Protestant marry a Catholic, they're called mixed marriages and they wouldn't work. So you can't have inter-race marriages, you can't have like a black person marry a white person. So you can have same-sex marriage, you know, um, and so to me, that is hardcore values upgrades, right? Um, and so for that to be possible, different opinions need to be able to be there. You know, to be able to update the laws to better reflect the fact that social media is a big thing now, you need to have these things. So to me, if we expect the future to be different today, we should expect our opinions on things to change from what they are today. And that is necessitated by being able to have different views. And so I think a better approach to someone who has a different viewpoint to you is not to try to label them as evil, e.g. racist, or to cancel them after the fact, or to stop them from speaking. It's to find a way to talk with them in a way that they hope to listen and may consider updating their views. But you also then need to look in the mirror and say, well, if I expect them to listen to me and to maybe update their views, maybe I should expect to listen to them and update my views too. So I think this is very important for society. Mm. So one of, one of the, one of the great exercises to try and see where there is a hole in our argument or reasoning is to try and steel man the other side and this is going to be really hard but i want to try and see if we can steel man cancel culture right <laughs> okay so what's the best reason for cancel culture and what's the worst reason for cancel culture hmm. well so I, I think so straight away i can't reason with cancel culture if i've already got open free democratic society and free speech as requirements right it doesn't make sense to me they, the two don't comport. So I have to go down at least a level to say like, okay, so maybe there are a lot of flaws in the idea of free speech. Maybe 
if we do allow for free speech, even within the current system of rules that surround it, that is not a net positive, um, you know, setup. And so cancel culture, remember I'm still manning here, is essential because there are still pockets of society who are either displaced, oppressed, or cannot fend for themselves, uh, need additional guardrails or additional uh, tools of protection to ensure that they can live as freely and as safely as the rest of society. So if there are people who have privilege can come in with their, their thoughts on how others should live, they need to be removed from the conversation because it is a very it is a threat to the very existence of these uh, minority groups. Yep. Um, so I suppose one of the things that is, and I like is like um, steel man idea. So cancel culture, I think, has a direct impact on free speech. So that's the next thing. It's like mm. uh, okay. So free speech means, and so free speech, um, and this is part of it. It's like the actual facts about things aren't necessarily known <laughs> and they need to be updated. And this is like annoying. Um, so as an example, like, I don't know, um, should we have had lockdowns or whatever? Um, I think at the time I was very much for them. I've had four jabs of, you know, the COVID things, but now you have the World Health Organization come out and change their mind and not recommend that people under the age of 18 should have vaccines. And I remember there was a time where people were pushing and, you know, they were saying that children down to the age of five should have vaccines. And I remember people who didn't do this and I remember some of other people that knew they didn't were extraordinarily unhappy, right? But they were like, I don't necessarily know if the trade-off is worth it. And now, whatever, two years later, you're like, actually, we recommend that the trade-off is not worth it, <laughs> you know? <It's> like, <laughs> what is truth? And it's like, uh... And so to me, it's not just about updating your views. It's also about being able to have the correct facts, right? And things just straight up change. Um, and the other one is like, the government can't necessarily be trusted to regulate itself. Um, that is called, you know, totalitarianism. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have free and fair um, press. <laughs> and then it's got a report um, on the government's, you know, malfeasance and the pork barreling and all the other other idiotic stuff it does. So here's an attempt at a, a straw man, which I've gotten too long to get to. Like, I do not like Trump. I think that the, the election was <laughs> stolen, right? Um, if I was in the US, I would have voted for Biden. You know, in Australia, I voted for Albo and I voted for Andrews in Victoria, right? Um, but to me, fighting his lies, right? You don't fight lies with lies, you fight lies with truth. And so what you see is, as an example, the government set up the government censorship, you know, thing, and they were pushing back on what they call malinformation, which is true information, which goes against their um narrative they want such as we should have lockdowns as an example or such as hunter biden's laptop was you know russian disinformation not just he left it at the shop <laughs> um and so to me then they're sort of cancelling so anybody that's saying okay well actually maybe we shouldn't have lockdowns or maybe hunter biden's laptop was wasn't russian disinformation it's like you're cancelled for conspiracy theories and I, like well actually those things turned out to not be conspiracy theories and at the time i was like Russian disinformation, <laughs> people that don't believe in lockdowns or whatever. And so these are sort of things that I would have considered to be, I don't know, very, very good opinions, you know, but I suppose even maybe facts, right? Like Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian, you know, is that an opinion or a fact? Well, actually, 
you know, it's it's a fact that it wasn't now, it looks like. But then if new information came to light, I might have to change my mind again. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, was it Russian information or not? At the time of the way that was portrayed in the media, it was said that it was. And now with new information, it looks like it wasn't. And so this is like, well, that's a fact, right? And that can change from being true to false or whatever. Um, and so to me, I think part of where this has come from is like people wanted to worry about Trump and his lies and breaking democracy. And I'm like, yeah, I was supremely worried about that. And I think it's still an extraordinary worry. But you try and fight his lies with lies and fight them with truth. And now that I suppose the media has been caught lying in many, many areas, I'm starting to lose trust in the media, which sucks because I used to be able to trust certain institutions very, very highly. But my trust levels have gone from like 90 something percent down to like 50 percent. And this is really bad. This is like a super long way of saying maybe the, the outcome of all this speech censorship and needing to cancel people was people worrying about Trump. But like, I feel like the, you know, Trump on the alt right is you know, really, really bad for society and really very bad for democracy. And then the alt-left think that they are helping and that the cancel culture is the antidote to Trump. Mm. And I'm like, no, it is as insidious in my mind. And mm. so perhaps that's where their steel man for this is. All right, so I, I, I'm going to try and paraphrase as best I can. But what mm. I think um, for a time, you know, there's always bad actors in the mix, mm. right? But let's just, um, let, let's just say at a time there were democratic rules and democratic norms. Mm. And everyone largely agreed that the two go together and they fit well for a functioning society. But mm. then, then a subgroup or one particular side started replacing democratic norms with cheating. And then they started to implement their own self-interest agenda. And like, so just to give you an example, things like when, um, Mitch McConnell and the Senate didn't agree to have a, a hearing for Merrick Garland, I think it was, yeah. um, because that was a democratic norm that the president could nominate a chief justice in during his term. And they said, no, because you're, this is an election year, you're out the door, we think the people should decide. And then lo and behold, four years later, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, and it was Trump's last year, the Senate said, no, we're going to let Trump decide and, and nominate because we don't care. So my whole point of this is that as soon as one side starts cheating, it's kind of like rigged in their favor because that's why you cheat. And so now the other side, which is what I'm going to posit as the far left response, is this idea of, well, you're going to you know, put your thumb on the scale and just operate the way you want to. Well, then we, we're going to kind of have to do the same thing here. And so cancel culture is this, is this response to other parts of society operating in their own self-interest. So we're going to have to, in order to protect our interests, do something of the same um, caliber. Hmm. Maybe this is another way. Like I thought after you know Trump and the 2020 election that Biden would come in and they would spend a lot of their time on increasing election integrity. Hmm. So to me, you don't want the cheapest election to run. You want the most integrity. So for instance, elect, you know, electronic voting machines might make it cheaper to count than humans and you don't have actual ballots or whatever, but they can be trusted less. You know, the Russians can from the other side of the world go and hack them or anybody, right? And so to me, without a democracy, you everything's gone. Like, you know, autocracies have not been shown on average to be able to have positive sum laws as well as democracies. And that's why they're not the most prosperous. You know, they don't have the, you know, the highest, you know, living standards and opportunity and other things. Where do we want to go? To the place of the democracies on average. Like, you know, there, there is not... I don't know, an autocracy that has been seen to be able to do well. And so to me, this is the sort of level layer that I think we're talking about. 
And so I think often if you say, you, I don't agree with what that person did, they collate that to, well, you don't agree with my issue of climate change and therefore you're evil. I'm like, I'm not saying that at all. So there's your issue, then there's your strategy to improve change on that issue, and then there's how you go about interacting with others to try to update their view to hopefully get on board with yours or to be open-minded enough to update your view and find out when you had blind spots or ego distortions, right? I'm talking about that layer, the last one, as being very bad. And so I didn't know why. It's like, cool, election integrity. We have no more voting machines because it's a big you know, thing that the, the, the sort of on the right conspiracy theories. And we're going to have double the number of people that are you know, looking at stuff. And we're going to make sure that it's like as hard as possible for there to be any of these things. And yes, it will cost more. But guess what? It's worth it. You know, what did January 6th cost? You know, and so to me, this is kind of the same, I think, if we're sort of looking at this. It's like I am believing that, you know, lies from Trump are shockingly bad for democracy and we need to try to get better. And that's why they should be prosecuting him and they shouldn't be trying to look at this you know, lens. But also is cancel culture and not allowing you know, a diversity of opinions so we can update things. And so this is not at all saying we shouldn't be trying to push back on Trump. We shouldn't be able to try to figure out ways to stop his lies and other things. I think we should, right? And we shouldn't prosecute him if he's broken the laws. Everyone, should, no one's above the law. They should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And this is above partisan things. Just do what the law is. Uh, and so to me, okay, well, I think cancel culture is bad um, because I think it stops diversity. It means you can't update things. I think it also is part of the way to break free speech, which is the way to, you know, understand what is real, you know, what is truth. And so therefore it is not good. So how do we push back? And you don't, well, I'm going to use the same cudgel they have. I'm going to cancel, cancel culture. It's like, that is going to end even even worse place, right? Yeah, so that strategy <laughs> hasn't, in my opinion, been net improving. Um, and you can look, you know, so to me, it's like, okay, well, we need the strategy of tolerance for intolerance <laughs> and the strategy of positive sum against their negative sum. Not, well, you know, there's either the rule of law or the rule of power. And this is a new form of power right where they are outside the laws like we, we we have fair process in the judicial system you know you don't get to make your own laws you know you don't like them do something to change them don't start up you know public leachings which is effectively what cancer culture is someone said this now you're you know sort of from a um, career perspective dead you know mm, and so to me how, do you have any other ideas like how do you push back on this um, yeah yeah so this was this is where i think i got stuck in our last podcast conversation which was when we were talking about um, you know, free speech and cancer culture role in a society that has free speech. My thinking at the time was, is this a feature and not a bug, right? Mm. Is this not that you want to have an open and free society where the idea of a cancer culture could propagate so that other ideas could show how it's deeply inherently flawed and knock it back down. So I think what would really helpful between now and then for me is two things. One, is there is the difference between the cancellation of people and the cancellation of ideas. Because I do think in a free and open society that has free speech, that has the propagation of ideas, what you're actually doing is you're cancelling the bad ideas out through reason, logic, and um, you know, application. But like the second part- have, That's the right, I would say not cancelling out, you are updating your views constantly. Right. Okay. To me, like, so it's like cancel, science. It's the next yeah. best theory, and you're in evolution. And so, to me, yeah. the concept Discarding. of there being, I think, black and white and good and evil, 
is, I think, in many places, a net negative. And yeah, so, yeah. so I would use a very different approach to try to talk to that one. Yeah. Well, that's because I'm about to get to the second point. Dr. Thank you so, much. <laughs> so you were about to say something good. <laughs> it is the application itself of how you upgrade, right? So cancelling is through force, the force removal of this person idea, whereas to use your word, upgrade is to see how the best idea wins out through actually applying it in the real world. Right. So if, you know, if Duncan and I have opposing ideas, I can either cancel Duncan by saying you're a bad and evil person and you're inherently bigoted, or I can understand Duncan's idea and actually show Duncan's through reason and, you know, other, um, you know, application that my idea actually has a higher value than his. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, to me, you know, this is what like Elon refers to as the woke mind virus. Um, so these mind viruses propagate and effectively force, a, a, you know, um, a alliance to something. So to me, in some respects, we should do it so like cancel culture or, or woke uh, wokeness is a modern day religion, and you have to conform to their views. And if you don't, you get excommunicated or cancelled. And so to me, do you think it's a good idea that we force everyone to think the same thing? That there is thought crime, you know, in 1984, that you are not able to update your thoughts and change your views? Do you think it's not good that you can speak to somebody and have a discussion about something? Because it's got to the point even where you might even have the same point of view. Like, I think climate change is good. You know, no, not good. I mean, it needs to be addressed, you know. Um, <laughs> and then you're like, well, you've got a view that we must do strategy A. And you're like, well, hey, can we talk about some multiple strategies here? It's like, even discussing you think strategy B will help more than strategy A is enough to get you cancelled, right? It's like, no, no, I agree that we need to talk about climate change. And I'm just wanting to talk about three different strategies to try to understand the pros and cons of them and to see if maybe there's something we can learn from this. And it's like, strategy A or you're evil, you know? And and like that, that I don't think is healthy for society. Uh, and so to me, yeah, I think knowing that you might be wrong or the more I know, the less I know, and that you want to try to, update your views and to help others update theirs, I think is a much better approach than somehow knowing that there is one definite answer and that anybody that disagrees with that is not just silly or stupid, but evil and must be kind of eradicated um, is, is, I think, a path to effectively a totalitarian state um, where we don't change and where we have, you know, like, you know, literally like 1984 coherence as opposed to a prosperous, pluralistic, you know, modern democracy, which has been shown to be the best path we have. You know, the whole Winston Churchill quote, um, democracy is the worst form of government except for all other forms of government. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so how how can we counteract this? How can we fight these lies with truth? How can we fight this intolerance with tolerance? Um, I think you, you, you touched on one of the uh, key, key ideas right there, which is this idea of, most, I would posit, most ideas have shown to be false over time, right? So if you think about all of the things that we held to be true, I think that's a very ago, strong word, Dan. Let me say something. We have found a better upgrade. So like well, Newtonian physics is good for like human-sized stuff or whatever. Then relativity is good for massive stuff, and then quantum mechanics is good for tiny stuff, right? Um, and that the laws of Newton, uh, you know, are still very helpful, or that that sort of things. And so to me. To say that it's like false is to put a black and white lens on things. And so to me, some okay. of the laws get upgraded and some of them that used to be helpful actually become harmful. And so to me, 
I think having a more nuanced way of looking at things is like we are in this never ending kind of hopefully, you know, two steps forward, one step back, yep. you know, updating things. And the vast majority of stuff is not black and white. I agree with you. And I think it is, it is much more um, appropriate to be nuanced. However, we're dealing with people who are very absolute and binary in their thinking, right? Yeah, so that you do not fight binary absolutism with absolutism. This is this oh. is the key point here. And so to me, <laughs> the choice of words is, is crucially important. Um, and so to me, saying something is false is a good way to get people in the defense mode rather than understanding mode and to sort of hopefully moving forward. Okay, so I take your point. The the example I was working towards were, you know, five hundred years ago, we knew that the earth was the center of the universe, right? We knew that sun revolved around the earth. And so over time that thinking had been upgraded to you know, modern um, astrophysics to show that actually the Earth revolves around the sun, uh, the stars are not angels, uh, all of these other um, the scientific factors that have enlightened us since then. So to, to use your reasoning, I think we can show over time a lot of the thinking has been upgraded, right? And so if you apply that to what, what and how you think today, it would only lend itself to be constructed to be open to the fact that a lot of what you think is going to get upgraded over the incoming over the coming years and it then therefore doesn't behoove you to be so adamant and so certain about your current view that you think other people should be cancelled for having ones that are different from your own mm. yeah uh, so, so, like, look at places where they have had absolute views and any points are uh, dis dissenting points are not allowed it's called cults, you know, it's called religions, it's called, you know, North Korea, you know, and other things. And so it's, I don't know of a place where this has worked well, even though you might think, uh, well, somebody who is talking about whatever climate change, you know, um, in a way that you don't like is evil. It's like, yes, but that may mean that their opinion is net negative for society. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. And they may hopefully want to update their opinion, right? Or update their strategy to help. But going about it in a way that forces either people to not speak or force listening, because for a lot of people, whatever you listen to is what you are. You are what you eat from a mental perspective or even forced speaking. And there is a huge amount of forced speaking now is going towards a cult, going towards a religion, going towards a totalitarian state. And so to me, it's like, ah, this, this is, we're not, I'm not talking about whether or not the issue that you care about climate change is important or not. I'm not talking about whether the strategy to do that is good or not. I'm talking about the way that it's gone about and that it's like, okay, cool. So please help make a difference in whatever it is you are, but please don't do it in a way that starts to label people or cancel people. Do it in a way where hopefully they want to listen to you to update. Do it in a way where you are in fostering different opinions. So that whole Voltaire thing, I disagree with what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it versus cancel. I disagree with what you say and I'll fight to the death to get you canceled. So to me, this uh, sort of phase shift in, in this third stage, how you interact with others, I think is good for you and good for others. Um, mm. And uh, you think you said from an individual perspective, like most people have had, I don't know, an identity crisis at some point or gone through. Like I, I did some very silly, <laughs> you know, uh, fashion choices in the past and still today, people would say, um, but also from a society. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so to me, um, yeah, I, I can't find good examples where this forced belief, you know, censored speech leads to better outcomes than we have today. And so the, the goal is to try to upgrade things. And 
this is not at all to say that the overriding issue you care about or that your strategy to improve that issue is not right or good or bad or whatever. It's just in this third layer. And I think trying to help people understand that there is that third layer and they don't conflate those things together. Because um, if, you, if you say anything to me that is not agreeing with what I'm saying, you are evil and you're the problem, right? And so this, this is like, Susan's like, no, 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 no. We're, we're trying to help upgrade a layer here, just like you're trying to help upgrade. Like, I believe you're trying to help upgrade and you mean well. But the most insidious things are upgrades masquerading as downgrades. Mm. And I think we need to be really careful about that. Mm. Okay, so we've got two two strong ideas, I think. One, which is, you know, upgrading our thinking has shown to be... Two ideas for me, um, and zero ideas no. for me. <laughs> Excuse me. Upgrade your thinking was my idea, dum-dum. No, no, no. Go on. Con yeah, yeah, yeah. Con controlled, controlled thinking um, is, you know, it... It prospers in cults and fundamental religion and autocracies. It doesn't prosper in um, progressive societies, right? So those are the two ideas against cancel culture. For me, the third one is applying your idea at a systemic level and how does that play out, right? So people who adopt a cancel culture mindset, uh, you know, as you say, like, you know, if you think different to me, you are evil and therefore you need to be excommunicated. Hmm. Think about how that would actually function on a societal level if that was encoded in law. If, so from now on, anyone who thinks different from you is allowed to be cancelled, right? Because it doesn't just, you're not special. It doesn't apply to just you. Mm. It's now a, a tool that can be use, utilised by anyone. And I, can, I think you know, anyone with enough rationality can see how quickly that would spiral down to be able to say, well, if, every, if everyone had access to the same utility of cancelling those that they disagreed with, you would have destruction happen fairly quickly. So I think it's important that we highlight that to be able to operate in society, we need to have rules and norms that can apply to everyone equally, right? You're, you're a champion for, for justice and equality. Well, the application of cancel culture is, in a way, I would posit an injustice because not everyone can do that. If everyone did that, then we would have a breakdown of uh, the social fabric level of society. Yeah, I sort of mentioned this earlier. Another point I think is worth bringing up again. You can't make your own laws. There's a, you know, there's a, the government for this and you are part of how that happens. It's called representative democracy. But you can't just decide, screw it. This person, you know, pissing up, I'm going to physically assault them. You know, no, you can't do that. That's against laws, you know. Um, and so... This is taking the law into your own hands in many ways. So to me, I think you should want to try to see which laws we should either add or update existing ones or remove them. Those are sort of major three categories and try to figure out how that be, you know, is going to be most efficient to happen, right? Not to take the law into your own hands. And this to me is taking the law into your own hands in many respects. Um, so it is one, breaking free speech laws, but two, um, it's, it's literally public lynchings. <laughs> Um, of someone's character um and, and so to me um this you know i think is you know most people are like no you can't have your own laws you can't take your own hand you can't you know do this i'm like cool well i actually think a lot of cancel culture is taking the law into your own hands and looking at it from that lens like oh damn it i was trying to help i'm like i know you know <laughs> okay i've done lots of dumb things too and probably half of this conversation in three years i'll look back on it and be like so so embarrassing this is like duncan yeah. Kruger. Like, honestly, yeah, obviously in so much of this stuff, but this is part of it, like talking about it and trying to slowly build understandings and viewpoints and then to think about how they might help. This is what this kind of is. So it's me trying to update my views to be more helpful, more positive some, and maybe hopefully 
helping others do the same. But also, I'd like to engage with people that have different points of view, not in a yelling, screaming match, you know, or something, um, and try to see what we can learn from each other. Yeah. Well, very beautifully put, Duncan. (laughs) 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 Not what people often describe or associate with me. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And in a week's time, it'll all be wrong, and we'll be going on high, Okay, so like, I, I guess what we can put together here is, I think at at the very bottom level, we all have the same goal, and what our goal is that we're trying to create a prosperous society. Now, there might be people who get off at the first off ramp and say, "Well, an open and free society is not the answer to that." You need to have something more of a postmodernist world where, um, you know, the things like science and mathematics is actually a, um, a tool of oppression. But the majority of, I think, cancel culture operates at that second and third level, which is these are acceptable tools for operating, mm. um, you know, in a, in a democratic Not system. acceptable, the best tools. Mm. So mm. They, think, mm. they just think, oh, maybe we should stop this person from speaking it's like if we don't do this the world will end I'm like, no no you doing this is causing the world to be in my opinion net worse yeah and so it's not just acceptable it's like the best tool and they're yeah. indoctrinated to like go and you know cancel as many things as possible that these vigilantes rolling around with their own law system you know yeah. and you know breaking you know the ability for society to talk amongst itself and to update and to be tolerant yeah and so it, it comes to the last point which i think um, you took a lot of satisfaction in um, uh, uh, unpacking last week, which was one of the key arguments against this is this is not about what you think. This is about how you think. And if we look at your behavior, how you think is very, very similar to the very similar. people you yeah. profess to oppose, which is, you know, alt-right, Trumpist, MAGA-type mindset. And... So shining a light on that, which is, well, the way you think is unacceptable. Ideas that are unacceptable to your own need to be ostracized. And how is that different to the behaviors of someone like Trump, who when things reported on him, uh, things that he did not like, his default response is to say, well, that's just fake news. Mm, yes. So it's, I honestly, so like, to be very clear, I do not like Trump, right? And, and <laughs> I think that whilst they're not exactly the same thing, but just to say everything that you don't like is fake news, is actually got a lot of similarities to everything you don't like should be cancelled. Mm. And so to me, I don't believe, like I think hopefully Trump knows that he's a giant piece of poo with, with golden hair on top of it, right? Um, and that he's just a self-serving you know, turd that hopefully will not be part of US politics, you know, um, I mean, he sort of is, you know, but hopefully not president again. But I don't, and I think he, he must know that he's lying. And he's been, he said, he said, you know, in certain things, and he's literally just after himself, not even sometimes his family, let alone his party or the country or the world. You know? um, and but I don't know that, in fact, I think that it's not the case that, you know, woke people, well, for starters, like people that are part of a cult don't think they're part of a cult. Right? They're 99%. So a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like woke. And I'm like, a lot of people that might say, because I think woke is now a pejorative term and not necessarily seen it in a positive light. So a lot of people say, I'm not that. And I'm like, if you support people protesting to stop talking about this or somebody who said something that you don't agree with and you think that they're racist instead of that they have a misguided view, I think, unfortunately, you fit into the woke camp, right? And you've been indoctrinated for this. 
Um, and so to me, I think just this awareness of this and trying to understand that you want to foster different points of view and that whole John Stuart Mill harm principle, you know, as long as you're entitled to do what you want, as long as it doesn't harm others. And also sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words can hurt you if you're trained to hurt you. And this is this whole reverse cognitive behavioral therapy stuff with Jonathan Haidt. Um, if you see a word and then you decide that you must protest and you must act up and you must you get physically like you're literally here's the trigger they're training on the trigger now we're training you to have the most outsized response possible as opposed to see the trigger actually maybe even remove it so you don't see the trigger and then have a positive sum considered response and so there are some things that are awful like i don't know like what you know but there are most things which are differences of opinions or ways to help us understand the base of facts and responses around those things that cause you to get to the point where you think they should be cancelled, I would say it's not just an oversized response, is net negative for you and for society. And trying to see that a better response is to try to help that person update their views and to not lose your mind, I think is what I'm trying to get at here. So when, when you say things like, um, and on the face of it, it makes total sense. When you say these things like, you know, surely Trump knows that what he's doing <laughs> He's delusional. He's nefarious, right? Um, nefarious. Nefarious. I'm mm. sorry. Tattooism. Whatever. So I would posit that's the same as saying surely the woke mob know that by deploying cancer culture tactics, they're being, that they're, you know, they're being um, in the wrong. And I would say, no. I don't think they do, but I do think Trump, exactly. Please, Trump, please, Trump, don't be that like disconnected. But there are stories of him, you know, knowing, and this is, yeah, whatever. Go on, yeah. So, so what I would just say is that never underestimate the ability for someone to justify their actions in the spirit yeah. of self preservation, right? Yeah. We will act with emotion and we'll justify with logic. Yeah. And so I think, um, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of literature in people with malignant um, narcissistic personality disorder. Um, while they do have a very um, deep subconscious of insecurity, they can't access that. They operate on this level where they just think everyone should worship at their feet because they're amazing and they have this giant ego. So I actually think that Trump thinks that he is like the shit, not a piece of shit. And <laughs> <laughs> he's got that one word in that part, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think. The, where he and the woke mob differ is that the woke mob, you know, are right up the end of the Duncan Kruger scale, but they at least think that they are a force for good, whereas yeah. I don't think Trump does. I think Trump only thinks for himself, whereas the woke mob think they're a force for good. And that's how you can use that as a wedge to get into, right? Say, all right, well, let's both agree that we want what's best for everyone. And now let's talk about how cancer culture may not help with that. And let's talk about how having a open, free, democratic society that, you know, espouses free speech, that encourages diversity of thinking, that has, um, you know, a, uh, a system where, you know, words aren't violent and they don't, <laughs> and they don't actually hurt you. Um, is a, is a pathway they forward. Hurt, they can hurt you if you choose to have them hurt you in some respects. And this is why yeah. like cognitive behavioral therapy is one of the crowning achievements, I think, of modern psychology. It's an ability to, because most people hopefully are not operating in a place of physical violence, but there are words that are around. 
and you know you get the stimulus and then you change your response to the stimulus and so the overall impact of the words can be significantly lessened and so they've had very very statistical terms like you know cognitive behavior can lower anxiety can lower depression can all these things right or reverse cognitive behavior theory can increase um <laughs> anxiety can increase depression safe so, space so yeah <laughs> um and so to me um i mean two things like i'm um, sorry i interrupted you like tim evans book um what's society's problem james and i are reading at the moment and i think is absolutely wonderful and i can't recommend more highly um and i think it is talking about this third layer not about the issue not about your strategy to make different issue but how you operate to try to get others on board or to update your views and i think it's very important reading um and the other one is and i'll put the link to this the jonathan Haidt um article talking about reverse cognitive behavioral therapy training and going through the stats that show that anxiety depression suicide attempts and all those other jazz um actual suicides as well um have gone up <clears throat> and he um attributes much of this to reverse cbt training which in some respects is reverse resilience training um and resilience um is something that martin seligman has done a lot been talking about you know with positive psychology etc and so to me there's a lot of data around this, um, which is not just a feeling, um, or you know, it is like measured. So yeah, James, you can you can read that article, or you can just go back and listen to our previous podcast where we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, um, I, 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 as always, I'm absolutely gobsmacked that we could talk an hour on. I know. <laughs> I thought we were going to run out. I was like, half an hour, I'm like, I don't know if I've got much more to say on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, by the end, you actually have more. Like, I've actually now got more things I want to talk about. Mm. So each unit of mm. time talking about it adds 1.1 more new units of time. Not like, yep. okay, depleting, depleting, about to hit end, you know, uh-oh, go to run out, you know. <laughs> I get to yeah. a point where I'm like, oh, no, I can't bring that up because that just opens up a whole new can of words yeah. on another track of conversation but no here we are um it's the hour mark so let's go into summary mode dude you want to kick off yeah um so i think that trying to understand those different levels this is the model i made what issue you care about climate change you know what's your strategy to do this you know renewables whatever and then how you interact with others to try to get them on board to help make more progress in your you know area or or to update your views because you've learned something new that means that you have changed your view uh, is crucial and the last one I think is absolutely deeply important um, for a functioning society and a functioning society needs to be able to update its laws, needs to be able to update its views and needs to have free speech. And I feel that we have gone backwards, whether it's Trump saying that all news is fake or whether it is cancel culture, meaning that you're not allowed to have a discussion, you know, meaning that you shouldn't allow people to even speak. Um, and I think also labeling people, you know, it's ad hominem, there's name calling is even below that, right? So name calling is something like calling someone racist or something. So it's like labeling things as good or evil or racist or not racist or whatever else it is, right? Um, and so to me, I you know think that we want to try to turn the tide here. And this was the main thing I was hoping to talk about here or touch on and to try to put forward reasons why people might want to not do cancel culture. That doesn't mean that you don't protest. You can protest that person coming to speak at university. No problem. Protesting to the point where you stop them from speaking problem to going out and saying well they should need to be cancelled and their, their you know career is over problem right so we want diverse opinions we want to have this you know things and so to me um i hope that i've certainly um you know understood this a lot better from than i did at the start and maybe um this has helped you a little bit too yeah so for me you know the, the topic of cancer culture has been a problematic one because it's it's not so much the fact that you know 
I can see that you know, ostracizing people or removing them from you know their their post or their profession is really hurtful. It's a problem because it seems to be a tool that's been weaponized by a lot of people who profess to be on the side of justice, who believe that they are um, in the right and that are doing it as a way of protecting those who can't protect themselves. And so I think you and I, and it at the um, at the face level, agree, and that it makes total sense that for a free and functioning society, free speech is a um, pillar of that. And in order for us to have free speech, there needs to be an arena where you can have open and free expression of different and even opposing ideas so that we can up-level and upgrade our thinking and the way in which um, we operate the society. What I think has really helped with addressing the, the topic of cancel culture and how we, um, how we address it is, well, what level are we operating on? What level of our thinking does this affect? Is it just that cancel culture is a good tool for us to utilize? Is it that the, way, the, the, the strategy to deploy a democratic society, which is free speech, acceptable? Or is it that we are operating in a society that needs to be completely broken down from the ground up? And so understanding where people actually think along that spectrum or those three levels, I think it's really helpful for the first step. But then thinking about what are the approaches to help people, you know, kind of like understand how this is not a net good outcome is thinking about systemic uh, impact. So if everybody applied this equally, what would be the outcome? thinking about, well, you know, you really have controlled thinking flourishing areas like cults, autocrats, or autocracy, sorry, um, uh, and similar, and they don't really flourish as a result of that. Uh, and then um, the third one, which I can't remember, was something more around, uh, you know, the compelled speech. But all of the ideas that we talked right, about, uh, I think are really, really good starting points for us to try and turn the tide on cancel culture being something accessible in today's modern society. I agree, James. Thank you. This has been a great conversation um, and one that we do not need to cancel. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but we might cancel this by ending it now. <laughs> right, I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Cheers, Deckard.